Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Zambrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your first listen every day. And remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms including YouTube at Locked on Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays and email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the app and join Ulysses and I this week to get in on the Tampa Bay Rays action and conversation. That is Spotify Greenroom. Well, Ulysses, we put an open call out for listeners to reach out and give us their thoughts on a disappointing end to the Rays season. We got a mailbag episode coming. In fact, we have multiple mailbag episodes on the way. So if you do want to send us a voice memo, if you do want to send us an email and just let it all out. Why wouldn't you, right? I mean, after yeah. this whole season, this whole marathon of 162 games, you win a franchise best 100. Mm-hmm. You're going head to head to a division rival who has had no pitching for 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 the most part, at least you know for the last two months. You, the bullpen was utter unbelievable. <laughs> you know what, Dookie? Yeah, and then this happens. Not even a game five. I would believe a lot of Locked On Race listeners have a lot yes. to say, like we have had in the last two mm-hmm. days. So you know what? Step up because people today stepped up, and we're going to read you your uh, their their thoughts and even play you their thoughts. Yes. Yeah. So again, if you still, we've gotten like already ten or eleven messages. So if you want to slip yours in, go ahead and do that. Locked On Race at Gmail dot com. All right, Ulysses. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, this first comment from Walter Rosado, he says, Kevin Crash strikes again. He should have walked Kike Hernandez. I take my chances with Devers. Uh, Ulysses, we sort of had this conversation yesterday as well. Yeah, we did. And, and I think that's, you know, that might be the the Blake Snell taking out version of 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the biggest thing, I, I think, from game four. Um, I guess you could argue the eighth inning, men on second with no out, Brandon Lau with one out. You know, we could do something, but that's that's for later. We're right. going to have that conversation later. So, yeah, I mean, the walk into Kike, I understand your point, though, uh, that it looked like the momentum was Boston's no matter what. Right. But just make it better on yourself. Just make it – even if it's just the 0.1% better – that's why you're the manager, just to make that 0.1% better in that situation. Yeah. Why face the hottest guy? I, I looked at some of the numbers and I start to look at the end of the day. My opinion still stays the same that the Red Sox were going to find a way most likely to pull out that victory. Hey, don't get down five to zero to the Red Sox at Fenway Park in game four of the ALDS. But you look at. JP Fireisen, who was on the mound yeah. against Kike Hernandez and his splits. And I know Kike is, he's this year's Randy Rosarina. He yeah. is on an otherworldly level, but we also have to acknowledge that JP's splits are much better versus righties than lefties. And let's also consider because the whole point 
of walking Kike to bring up Devers is to induce a double play, correct? Correct, or at least an out at any base. Yes, that is fair. Now, Devers had grounded into 13 double plays so far this season. Uh, He's not a fast runner by any means, but we also have to conversely acknowledge that J.P. Fireisen is not a ground ball pitcher for the most part. He's a fly ball pitcher. So all that has to be taken into account. Now, maybe if he tried to work Devers down with changeups and sliders, maybe Devers would dig one into the dirt. But then again, uh, maybe Devers lifts the ball up a little bit and gets it far enough out. So I feel like, and then you'd have, I mean, theoretically Bogart's coming up after that. So I think it's, it's very, it'd be a very difficult thing to do. And I know that the I guess what you'd want to, you could, you could have attacked Devers multiple different ways. I guess the thing is with the hand issue that he was having that you want to work him up with the fastball, but again, JP doesn't have a 97, 98 fastball. It's 92. So maybe he gets gets away with it. He he has that Colin Pache effect, which is 92 up in the zone and looks like it's 97, 98. So look, I understand that it's not just black and white. Like how did he not walk Kike Hernandez? But like at the end of the day, taking, all of the considerations on the Devers and on the Kike Hernandez, if you shake it all yeah. up in those two buckets, I feel like the bucket that you still want to eat out of mm-hmm. is the Devers one, not the Kike Hernandez one. Take and it maybe, all of it into account. Maybe the Rays should have had JP. That would have been after his third hitter, correct? I believe so, yeah. Okay, yeah. so maybe it would have done the Rays well to have another lefty. In the fold or another ground ball heavy pitcher or a guy who has some reverse splits against lefties. Again, I I know Yarbrough's history against the Red Sox was very bad, but if not if not him, then maybe Dietrich ends. You you weren't using the position players anyway on the bench. So I'll take Yarbrough out because I, apparently I think his his wife was about to um, give birth this this week. So I understand that maybe that was a factor yeah. of him not getting the roster. But Dietrich ends has has no problem. Ryan Sheriff, you know, they can they can do that job. But yes, that's okay. that's that's it. Yeah, I think we can uh, move along from that. Uh, Ulysses, what do we have next? We have actually a voice memo from a longtime listener, Ty McCann. Let's let's hear what he has to say. Remember, he was at Fenway Park mm-hmm. during that game three uh, game. So let's see. Let's hear yeah. what uh, Ty has to say about that. What's up, boys? It's Ty McCann from Boston. Um, just calling after the the DS game and. Man, what a boogaboo this series has been for us in our history. And I don't know if heartbroken is a strong enough word. There's disappointment. There's shock. and You know, all of it is probably appropriate. I think there's a lot to be thankful for, of course. I mean, for, you know, the last two years, we've become so accustomed to winning more than losing and all the special moments and just watching a resilient team that wouldn't quit. And I think we all saw that even here uh, in this postseason. But, you know, that Rays fan, that real Rays fan is hurting. And sure, we as Tampa Bay sports fans can take pride in, you know, how the Rays have done the past couple of years. And, you know, the Buccaneers winning the Super Bowl, the Lightning winning the Stanley Cups. But, you know, that that Rays fan, though, is hurting more than I think anyone can know. I can say that. Most franchises probably can't even realize that because when you pull for a team that nobody else pulls for, nobody else roots for, and uh, one that may not even be 
where they presently are in less than 10 years. And to that fan who just, just says, can we just get one? You know, can we just get over the hill and just get that one, regardless of what happens in the future? And I feel for that fan. I really do. And, um, you know, <laughs> it hurts even more when you come within a game of it one year and then you're the favorites to win it all the next, uh, only to be upset. But, um, you know, it's real pain. Rays fans, it is, and I and I feel that. And the thing that I can say is that you can be rest assured that this is an organization that's set up to do well for years to come, and they'll be here for you next year. It's a somber moment now, so take the minute to grieve. But this organization is going to get back at it next year, and we got to be there to support them. Raise up. Very well put from great, Ty, by the way. Great thoughts by, by Ty, as always, uh, very eloquent. I, I'll, I'll say two things about that. Mm-hmm. Number one, I agree with with him on the fandom, but imagine if you don't follow the Bucks. Imagine if you don't yeah. follow the Lightning. Imagine if the go-to sport is this one. That's a you problem, Ulysses. You need to start watching some hockey and watching some football. Hey, the, 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 there's the Rowdies as well. We can root for them. I don't. I don't want to be a bandwagon and a fan. And I think it would be if I just get on the hockey and and, and football train. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be called bandwagon, and I hate that. So I'm not going to okay. do that. Um, so imagine that. At least you have the Bucks, and I have to. If you're a Bucks and Lightning fan, hey. Look, it could be worse. You could be like me, and I feel like Austin yeah. Holloway is another one where baseball is is the mm-hmm. one and only. So that's number one. And number two, yes, the Rays are set up for success. Let's not forget that. It's easy to just be sad right now. And like Ty says, it's okay to be sad right now. That's exactly what, what, what should happen. Uh, but we, we, we cannot forget that this organization is set up for the future. And yeah. remember their mantra. Their mantra is – be successful enough in the regular season that you get into the playoffs. If you get to the playoffs consistently, you're basically just, if you get seven times in the, in the playoffs, mm-hmm. one of those could be the world series. So, and that's all you need. Like Ty said, can we just get one? That's what they're yeah. trying to do. That is also very well put. And again, we have to have some big picture perspective here. The Rays have made the playoffs for three straight years now, seven years of the last 14, they've made a playoff appearance that has only been outdone by the Cardinals, Yankees, and Dodgers. So you are in elite territory if you're the Rays and a Rays fan. You you could always, I feel for the Locked On Orioles host. I feel for the Locked On Rockies host. I feel for the Locked On Rangers host. Even Locked On Blue Jays. My yeah. goodness. I mean, everybody's, you know, singing your praises. Even even we have uh, sung their praises and and to not even get to the playoffs um, and, and winning 90 yeah. plus games. So um, I, I do want to say something that I've said multiple times, but I'm, I'm willing to, to, to die on this. Okay. The window of opportunity is not, is not brand new. I, I keep seeing these... It's like, guys, you can't expect that this team will win 95 plus games every single year for the next five years, five, seven years, whatever it may be. Are they set up for success? Yes. But why are people on Twitter, on on anti-social media, pretending that 2018, 2019 and 2020 just doesn't count in the window of opportunity? No, no, no. That was in the no. Like, that's literally what the window of opportunity is. 
it's winning 90 plus games and getting into the playoffs. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it right now. The Rays are in their third, maybe even fourth year of their window of opportunity. Now, do they have four more years to do more of what they've done? Sure. Yes, I agree with that. But, 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 but window of opportunities can go from two mm-hmm. to 10 years if you're lucky. I mean, now we're saying that the Rays are going to have eight. That's in the that's on the high end of windows of opportunities. So all, all I'm saying is stop pretending, race fans, that yep. we haven't seen success in 2018, 2019, and 2020. Those count, too, in the windows of opportunity. Yes, and let's consider the division, too. I mean, the Red Sox under Heim Bloom are going to continue to be on the upswing. The Yankees, I'm sure, will be competitive. The Blue Jays... They've got, the close. Par- they've got the parts and the Orioles won't be bad forever. I don't think, I mean, maybe the next couple years, but when they- is that Chris Davis contract uh, uh, up maybe next year. So maybe yeah. they have some 18, $20 million to spend on somebody. I mean, they can't be any worse than they've been the last year. So no, I'll just throw that out there yeah. for sure. All right. We'll continue this discussion. A lot more questions and comments to get through. But first, we have to tell you about Spotify Greenroom. Greenroom is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, Ulysses, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. We'll be hosting rooms for the Locked On Rays podcast once a week, and yes, that means you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. So go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports okay ulysses i guess it's my turn uh for the next question or comment here this one an email from alex Mullins. he says uh, i wanted to attach this photo summarizing the umps work in game four they basically gave the socks a run crazy stuff cannot believe it love your podcast awesome stuff i do want to bring this up he uh he shared Ron Culpa's uh, performance on the game calling. And according to umpire scorecards, uh, Ron Culpa essentially, in essence, his calls, terrible calls, uh, led to plus 1.1 runs for Boston. In his worst missed calls were against the Rays. Yep. Uh, bottom of the seventh, Fairbanks to Bogarts, one out, runners on first and third, 0-2 count, strike is called a ball. Number two, bottom of the seventh, Fleming to Schwarber, zero outs, bases empty, 2-2 count, strike is called a ball. Third, and I think we can say the most egregious and noteworthy one, yeah. top of the first, Rodriguez to Franco, one out, bases empty, 2-2 count, ball is called a strike. Well, you know what? I think it's a factor. There's no way around it. There, the umps were a factor, but mm-hmm. I never want to be the fan yes. that says, well, we lost because of the umps. No, you lost because you were 5-0 in the third. That was part that's, of it, for sure. And you also lost because there were some, you know, 
fishy bullpen management there too. And awkward caroms and, and a lot of factors. weird circumstances. But if we only look at game four. Yes. Yes, the umps were a factor, 100%, but it's not the only factor. It's not yeah. the only factor. But let me say this. Ron Culpa is awful. Oh, uh, the guy that says to another manager, I can do whatever I want yeah. multiple times. Yeah, he's awful. He's been in so many imbroglios and controversies. Like, Real. if we think Joe West is bad, Ron Culpa we'll is kind of... Yes, basically. He was the guy in the uh, where Michael Conforto reached out yes. and took the hit by pitch yes. Yes. on a pitch that was in the strike zone and he Marlins. awarded him. Yes. That yeah. was back in April. That, that look, honestly, the, the Rays should send a very formal and strongly worded complaint to MLB. Ron Culpa, quite frankly, should not work another meaningful playoff game. See, this is all what I, I don't understand. I know that they're, they're a union and you have to go through the yeah. right channels and all that, but it is, unbelievable that these guys can just basically in Ron Culpa's world, hijack the game, do whatever they want. Like how are there no repercussions to umps that get things wrong? I mean, if you, you should have a, a level of, of, of certainty, a level of security knowing who's behind the, the plate or uh, on, around the bases. If you get called, I don't know, this is yeah. on the spot, but if, if you get five calls overturned in, in, an, in, in a week or mm-hmm. in a, a month, whatever the, the time period place should be, you're not working for the next month. Oh, you're not working in yes. the playoffs that year. You know, there should be some kind of merit system that awards you to go in, in, into the playoffs, into the most important games. That's why there are six umpires in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? Unreal, man. And let me say this before we move on to the next question. That could have been a difference maker. If Franco is 3-2 oh, instead of called out, you know what Franco's OPS is on full counts this year? Oh. 900. Oh, my goodness. 900. Now, maybe he doesn't get something to pitch or yeah. to hit because right. – Brandon Lau is on deck. I so you care. might as well take your chances with Brandon Lau. But he gets Fron- walked. And, and yeah. I don't know, maybe a seeing eye <laughs> single happens, or you know, he gets hit by the by, by a the blind Brandon squirrel Lau. finds a nut every once in a while. Hey, you know what? I think it would it, it would it, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, and again, I think it could have been a little thing that added up over time. And I, I'm sure we'll talk about this at some point later on. But Franco, oh my gosh, just back up the Brinks truck on the dude because I don't think we should ignore the fact that he was batting 368 in the ALDS. And really, it should have been higher um, if not for the Ron Culpa call. Like, it, you know what the thing was with Franco? Well, he's struggling as a left handed hitter. Not no, anymore. Not anymore. Now he has power yeah. from the left side. He's got launch angle from the left side. Like, it's. It's really insane. And what's that was going on. against a lefty, so that was him yes. batting righties, which is his best one. And I, I, I don't understand. Man, I'm still heated up. Yes, I know. I know you are, Ron Culpa. Damn, he is the worst. Um, okay, uh, what do we have next? Next one, we got John Valerio, who says, "Let's say the Rays move to Tampa full time with a new stadium, mm, Publix Park. Yum. Mm-hmm. Are the Rays still at the bottom of the payroll list?" Or do they increase their salary? Also, would they change the way they uh, of how they operate? Uh, good question, John. Very loaded there. Yeah. Uh, let's take one by one. Um, still at the bottom of the payroll list. Yes. Uh, who's the owner? If it's still Stu Sternberg. Okay. Yes. 
and also let me just, I'll just put all my cards on the table because I wanted to look this up and confirm this. Um, what do you think was the Rays' average attendance in 2008, 2009, 2010, give or take? 2008 through 2010? Yes. Um, I actually do know that. I think it was like 22,000? 22,000, 23,000 a night. Yeah, imagine that now. Yeah. What were uh, the payrolls those years? 45 mil, 67 mil, 72 mil. Things aren't changing. Yeah, no. You're not going to have a $100 million payroll. And the whole thing with the Ebor site or Tampa site is a boutique stadium, right? Max capacity, 25,000, 30,000. Yep. And there, there's already problems with corporate sponsorship in Tampa, not yeah. really um, being that interested, I guess. So, yeah, it, it wouldn't be like an influx of money whatsoever. So, no, I, I think they would. still bottom five, bottom 10, basically. And you know what? To the last question, we don't want them to change how they operate. Now, right. would we like them to have a bigger payroll? Yeah, this team would be imagine, – imagine the brains in the front office if they're given $30 million more million a year. Mm-hmm. Well, you'd have – I mean, basically, you'd be like the Dodgers almost. Yeah. I mean, you, you can do a lot with $30 million more. So, uh, yeah, it would be great. But, no, I don't want them to change how they operate in the front office as in – yeah, you know, the, the shrewd traits and the analytics and, and all that. I think that's what has been successful for the race. So I wouldn't want them to change how they operate in the front office. But yeah, the, the money would be nice. But I, that's just, you know, yeah, not happening. So uh, maybe we can bring along Built Bar as a title sponsor or something. Maybe Built Bar Stadium. Oh, my goodness. Built that's Bar huge. Field. That would be huge. That would be huge because you know how healthy and how delicious Built Bar, sorry, Kevin. I mean, and they've got them all. They've got double chocolate, uh, German chocolate, uh, p- uh, peanut butter brownie, the cherry barcia, raspberry. You've got them all. And, and mm-hmm. if you don't know which one to try, guess what? You get a mixed box, get two of each nine of the nine flavors, and you get something that's really, really healthy. Again, calories range from 130 to 180 calories. Only four to five net carbs, only four to five grams sugar. So you guys know you're getting something delicious and good for you. And you know what you got to do? You got to go to built.com. And before you hit purchase, why don't you put that promo code in there, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your final order. Remember, Built Bars are healthy, delicious, and you got to have them. So go today to built.com and use that promo code locked 15. Another email here. This one from Ryan Hill. He says, I like cash, but I almost see him like a Doug Collins for the raise where he can get hey. them to a certain level, perhaps to get to that next level. They will need to bring in a Phil Jackson to get over the hump. Also, why pull McHugh after only 18 pitches? Why not bunt Lau with Randy at second and one out? It really feels like he had some really good bullets with Wendell, Margot, and Mejia left on the bench. Yeah. Um, see, these are more scenarios of what mm-hmm. of what went down in, in game four. Uh, let's take one. Uh, the Duck Collins, that's a, that's a, that's a nice simile. I, I like yeah. the simile. Um, I don't think that is happening. Uh, anybody that's saying fire Kevin Cash, you're going to be up for disappointment for the next seven years. Basically, yes. And let me say this too. We called out the Kevin Crash moments and there were more than a couple, but 
we also have to keep this in mind. What is what was the calling card of the Rays in the regular season? Their depth, their depth, their depth. One through 40. Yeah. They're the strongest, maybe the strongest in baseball. But what are they? How does their top five, top 10 players stack up against the Red Sox? Top five, top 10 players. Right. Do do the Rays top five or top 10 match up to Bogarts, Devers, Hernandez, Martinez, Eovaldi, and Sale? I don't know that. I know they're not as experienced. I know they're younger. And I know that even though Brennan Lau by F4 did pretty good this year, and by pretty good, I mean, I think he's like top 10 in F4 uh, for, for all MLB players. Mm-hmm. He disappeared in the playoffs. So yeah. even if you do have a guy that can produce and then he completely just shuts down, you can't really do anything about yeah. that. So the, the fire Kevin Cash right. folks. And, and let me just kind of add to that point. No. Again, the, the Rays can't, they weren't able to use the 34th man on their roster in game 128. Like it, that that's part of it. Yeah. And also we, we got to acknowledge. I mean, I, I hate to make excuses and say this injury, that injury, the other injury. Well, Tyler Glassnell wasn't on the team for the playoffs. You didn't bring back Charlie Morton. Nick Anderson was not as available and ready as I think the Rays thought and expected Correct. he could be. And that could have been a little bit of a difference maker if we had the Nick Anderson of 2019 and 2020 regular season. I will say, just like I said yesterday, while I was very, very upset, uh, Kevin Cash, there's a clear demarca- demarcation line mm-hmm. between postseason and regular season. Kevin Cash was the best American League manager in the regular season. That is that is not up for discussion, people. It really isn't. Right. It really isn't. The way that he used, utilized that depth so adaptly, it, it was incredible. Postseason, the worst. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. The worst. And, 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 and the troubling thing is that it's been happening a few times during the postseason. So we'll see what that – Yeah. I, I want to go back to the questions here. Yeah, go ahead. Why pull McHugh after only 18 pitches? Good question. That's one of the Kevin Crash moments. That is, I am curious about that one. And again, I try to bring a, sometimes a level-headed and try to see both sides and sort of meet in the middle. Sure. Um, what I was thinking the thought process may have been, if you're bringing in McClanahan, let him get acclimated against the number eight, number nine hitters of that order. Let them get acclimated and face Vasquez and Arroyo, even though they're righties. But on the flip side, then maybe he's a better matchup against lefty Schwarber to start the top the uh, uh, of the next inning. I or, get what you're trying to do because yeah. I heard that. But um, is this Ryan Yarber from 2018? No. Yeah. This is your game one starter who basically blanked them three days ago, Mm -hmm. who has never appeared in relief. Even in the regular season, you never used him in relief. Yes. So if you're already planning on utilizing Shane McClanahan, why are you trying to suddenly, which you have never done with him, baby him and introduce him to the seventh and eighth hitter? Right. Makes That makes less sense than bringing him as a starter and then plug in Colin McHugh. Why not yes. do that? That the other thing too is, and not saying we agree with this, but maybe the Rays are thinking, okay, we're at zero zero right now. We're going to bring in McClanahan. Keeping McHugh at 18 pitches, we're managing for tomorrow with him. We well, can bring him back 
the next day. Of course, it didn't work out that way. And I will say, Colin McHugh, yes, he did get every hitter. Well, he didn't allow a run. He w- he was perfect as far as that's concerned. But he didn't have one. He didn't induce one swing and miss. And I think the the last couple outs, the last three outs in the prior okay, inning okay. were yeah right. To, so it showed that cutter slider whatever he was throwing the red Sox were starting to square him up sure but again you're going to the bottom of the order so he already faced the ugly part of the order yes. without getting hurt now again they like to cut cut it in in, in the bud before they it, something bad mm-hmm. happens but again just if you're using mcclanahan use him as a starter it don't you've never babied him yeah you've never like oh let's if you're going to use him you might as well start might him. as well give him give him what he's used to i mean he's a rookie right so like why are you putting him in a situation right. that he has never ever done even in july he had never done it yeah so I, I, that's i think a kevin crash moment i did think it was kind of backwards because you can always i mean it would have been nice to save McHugh for later possibly too yeah. if it came to that like if if you had full intentions of of using using McClanahan, you might as well use McClanahan to start it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so, yeah, I, again, yeah. And then last one, why not bunt with low with Randy at second and one out? That'll, that, that, that we can kind of go with Wendell Margot and Mejia left on the, um, yeah. on the bench. I don't know. You know what? I would have liked to have seen with one out, Joey Wendell. Mm-hmm. Joey Wendell there, uh, that would have been a, a nice sight to see with a man on second base. How many times has he gone clutch? Mejia, oh my God, clutches. But right there, if you're just talking about one-for-one swap, I would have loved to have seen Joey Wendell there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know unless it was probably a heavy shift on Lau, so maybe he's thinking you're trying to bunt to the left side so he can eke out a single. Otherwise, he he doesn't. Which he has done when he was struggling. Brandon Lau started putting some bunts down. So that, but it, it it wouldn't make sense if you're just trying to move the runner over to third and you take that second out. That no. defeats the whole purpose, especially with Randy's speed at second. So the way I understood this question from Ryan was the intention is you're trying to bunt loud to get on and get a hit. Like that right. is your main priority, which yes. could have been done depending on how the shift was set up. So yeah, and how many times have we seen Wendell M- Mejia? A blooper, a gapper. Didn't We've I, seen a lot of those moments. Even one day at the stadium live, I called it. I was like, Wendell's going to get a two a, a two bagger right now to yeah. left field. Mm-hmm. Boom, happened. Not that I'm, I'm better than Kevin Crash, uh, but I'm just saying. All right, uh, final question for today. Again, uh, <laughs> if you want to send us thoughts, comments, concerns, voice memos, lockdownraise at <sighs> gmail.com. We're starting to pile them up. So if you want to try to get one in last minute, please send us one and do that. Uh, this one from Stingray Zone, like the yeah. name there. Uh, the Rays have – hey, look, we're ending on a positive note here, hopefully, I think. <laughs> it's going to be a long winter, bro. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. We we thought we'd have this season for a couple more weeks. Alas, yeah. nope, it did not end that way. Uh, Stingray Zone says the Rays have such a bright future – Five of our best young players are switch hitters in Wander Franco, Francisco Mejia, Xavier Edwards, Vidal Brujan, and Greg Jones. Do you think that Edwards and Brujan can join the team next year? How can they impact the 2022 team? Wow, Stingray Zone. Those are very powerful words saying that are by one of the, fe- the, the best five young players 
is Francisco Mejia because Kevin Cash obviously did not think so because he only gave him one measly at bat. Hmm, am I still angry about that? I think so. I think I'm still yeah. angry about Mejia never getting anything Stingray, in a game series. Yeah. Stingray Zone also, I don't know if this was on purpose or not, but there's also another switch hitter in the fold, Taylor Walls. Ooh, but uh, maybe he's not a Taylor Walls kind of guy. I am a Taylor Walls kind of guy. Yeah. I feel like every time the ball is hit his way, I can just put my feet up, and that's such a such a nice, nice feeling. Um, it's kind of like with KK. Like I'm just like, oh, that's yeah. that catch is gonna be made. Mm-hmm. It's, that's nice. Um, now, do you think Edwards is gonna be on the team next year? Hell no. No. Like not even like <laughs> like I would put green skittles on green skittles on bed online uh, that he's not gonna make it. Now, Bruhan, yes, yeah, not an opening day. Bruhan, not an opening day, but yes, you will see him. Uh, how can they impact the 2022 team? <sighs> Depends on what's going to happen during the, this offseason. Because if we see a lot of trades, I mean, that that 40-man and the Rule 5 draft is There's a up. lot. There's a lot of names that are going to uh, not be wearing Rays uniforms. Yeah. Either ever or no longer. I, I so. said this a week or two ago. I don't think Edwards is... I don't see a spot for Edwards here. All the names that Stingray Zone just mentioned, and you also have some guy by the name of Brandon Lau still on the roster, and maybe Joey Wendell still on the roster, and we haven't even mentioned Josh Lowe. Like, there's only so many spots available, and a little shout-out to Aram Layton, who did a great write-up on the Rays farm system, their top 10 prospects, and Xavier Edwards is on there, but here's why I'm down on Xavier Edwards. I mentioned it. He has no pop whatsoever. And not only that, he he's not even a doubles guy or a triples guy. He's at 333, 333, 333. He's a singles hitter. <laughs> yeah. Even with his speed. And oh, it's your favorite, Matt Duffy. Basically. And you think, well, he, he must be stealing 50, 60 bags. I mean, maybe if you give him enough attempts, but he hasn't been efficient as a base stealer. I think I saw it let me just get the numbers right here. Uh, 63% Oof. in the minors. That's in that's in double A, single A. Also, just to confirm my point here, 252 of his 305 minor league hits were singles. So it's going to, I'm telling you right now. You got to build, uh, build I, bars. I, maybe Blake Snell was right on Twitch <laughs> when that trade was made because this could be a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Hey! Oh my goodness! It caromed off the. No, that's it. Uh, that's a ground rule double there. Yeah, is it? The I run mean, doesn't score. Yandi, you're back at third. <laughs> that's why I've got the headset situation. I'm excited to be. Um, but no, I mean seriously. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wish we had Cronenworth right now. This is how the race season when yeah. the locks on race is happening right now. Look, man, I I, I don't know. I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. I hope he succeeds, but. No, I don't. I don't see him being on 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 the team next yeah. year. Not at all. Now, flip side, I mean, he again. I'm not trying to hammer on him totally. He is a high contact guy. He doesn't strike out a lot. So maybe the Rays are thinking, well, we need to balance out some of the crap ton of strikeouts that we have on this team. We need a slap hitter, a guy who can maybe. bunt the ball, put it in place. Yeah. So maybe there's some of that that's tied into that as well. But um, I just 
and you know what? He, look, it's it's great that the Rays have so many switch hitters and so hey, you've got five six guys that can do it. But just because you're a switch hitter doesn't mean you can't be platooned. I mean, not not every switch hitter is Chipper Jones there or Lance go. Berkman or Robbie Alomar. They're, it happened very difficult for Wander Franco, didn't it? Yes. Now I think Wander is going to be the exception to the rule, but yeah, but I'm saying but like it, even for a guy who's going to yes. be the exception of the rule, it can be difficult. Yeah. So. And to be really good. Yeah, like Vidal Brujan, again, just showing the numbers here. And the, a great find by Arm, uh, Arm Layton on this. From the right side in the minors, Vidal had an OPS of 688. Yeah, no. I'm so you're, you're, I mean, you you platoon for that, yeah. basically, if it comes down to down to that. Yeah, so. I, I don't think you'll, you're going to see Brujan in the, uh, in the opening day roster, but I, I think that he will definitely make an impact uh, maybe you can see some wonder type uh, at bats from him. You yeah, know, he he gets called up in June and just stays with the team. <sighs> All right, man. You gonna drop the microphone again before no, we end the episode? Once is enough. Let, let's hope uh, to hammer home man. my point on. That was a microcosm of the Rays. Yes. everything was good, and then it just went to crap. On the uh, Padres, Fam Cronenworth, uh, Renfro, Edwards trade. Esteban Kuros, that's our hope here. Oh, that he did well in AAA. Okay, he's done well in AAA, so maybe that's a guy that can uh, salvage this deal. But I highly doubt it. And uh, to finish this off here, uh, I said several months ago to drop the mic. Well, yeah, that that too. But um, I made I gave a hot take that Taylor Walls and Vidal Brujan would combine to have a higher WAR in their careers over Wander Franco. I am peeling back that hot take and I am apologizing for that hot take. And I am saying I am dead wrong on that hot take. I wouldn't be surprised if Wander Franco's career war is double of whatever the combined war of Vidal Brujan and Taylor Walls is. Just throwing that out there. He just looks so good. And you know what, guys? Little by little, we're going to be over this. It's Mm -hmm. just going to be a lot of anger and sad pods, so I'm sorry. But you know what? Join in the sadness. Join in the angerness. Throw a mic around on live YouTube. Why not? (laughs) Do it in front of people. (sighs) Wear that embarrassment (laughs) proudly, like losing in game four of the ALDS. It's okay. We're going to be back next year. It's fine. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. Thanks again for making the Locked on Race podcast your first listen every day. And we will be back tomorrow. In the meantime, be sure to check out the Locked on MLB podcast. <laughs>